When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. Welcome to Business in Heels podcast, the podcast that inspires and educates women in business globally to succeed. Now over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Business in Heels podcast. Yes, I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen and creator of Podcasting with Purpose, helping you go from invisible to influential and profitable with a podcast. Now, joining me on today's show is Kirsten Gunnis. Kirsten grew up in Broken Hill, New South Wales, before she moved to Brisbane, and she began working as a junior in a large corporate, and she built her career by working her way up through large organizations. Now, her last role was global with oversight of more than 1,000 people and 700 million US dollars. She's been married for 20 years to a wonderful man who supports her personally and professionally. Now, Kirsten, she's passionate about working with women, to achieve their personal and professional goals through strategic influences and networking. And she loves traveling, food, stimulating discussions, sci-fi and baking. Now on today's show, she's going to share how to achieve business and personal goals through identifying and gaining assistance from influencers within your network. She's also gonna talk about decisions on promotions, who will win business and so on. It's based on trust and visibility as well as to create a strategic influence and networking and communications plan. So welcome to the show, Kirsten. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie, for having me. I'm, I'm, I'm so excited to, um, to be doing a podcast with you. Oh, well, we're excited to have uh, you be with us because as I read through your introduction, we can see you've got such a wealth and depth of knowledge around building a network, building a team. And as we know, Business and Heels is all about building that network, that solid team of collaborators, uh, referrers and so forth. So look forward to diving into that. If you go back... Um, throughout your career and, and obviously now in your business pursuits, I always love to ask this question. Looking back, what would you say were the one or two insights and learnings that really helped you shape your knowledge and desire? And now obviously your passion and wanting to, to share this contact. Was it something that a mentor shared with you or was it more experiences that you had? I think it was um, having grown up in a small community and you sort of know everybody um, or somebody knows somebody, I think that's the first sort of area where it became very clear to me um, 
you know, just how important it was to sort of build those community and networks. I think also having always worked in operational type roles where you're all working towards different goals, you need to be able to have connections right across, uh, whether it be an organisation or a community or even within your own industry, because we all have different um, thought processes. We all have our own connections. Um, you just don't know who's going to know you know, who knows who. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, being able to identify those people who can influence others. Um, you know, I wasn't great sometimes at being able to bring people with me. I'm usually the person that's out the front running, getting things done. And then I, I have to say, I had a wonderful team behind me yes. who were very good at, um, you know, following up usually with a, you know, a little broom and a, and a pan and, and cleaned up behind me. Because sometimes whilst I was great with details and I'd be able to pull stuff out at meetings and, you know, be able to get stuff done. Um, sometimes being that runner at the front, yeah. um, you know, I needed to be able to just connect with different people and, and having a pre-built relationship is really good when suddenly you find yourself in a situation with a client or, you know, or your team where I, I can't just go in cold and ask for a favour. Mm. You, you have to have um, those pre-built relationships, especially if, the shit has hit the fan yes. um, and have to ask for something immediately. Um, if you don't have those, you know, sort of pre-built relationships, then you're, you're pretty much toast. Mm. Great, great insights there. When you look at uh, networking, building those influential relationships, what are some of the things that you see women, let's talk about that they're not doing very well. One of the things that I, you just pointed out was the fact that we need to build those existing relationships, nurture them before we actually go then and ask for favours and, and, and often, mm -hmm. you know, obviously ask for them for, for some form of contribution. What are some other things that you're seeing either being done or not being done that we need to be aware of? I think um, we need to be strategic. Um, I find quite often um, that we don't sort of think through or don't put a plan together. I'm very big on, you know, I in my corporate roles, I would actually print out the org chart. So if you're in organisations or if you're looking to try and build business, um, work out um, who's in what role, whether they're a, a positive enabler or influencer or whether they're perhaps a negative um, enabler identify those types of, um, you know, individuals because mm. they're the ones, you know, decision makers or people who might have influence over a decision maker. Mm -hmm. Identify who those are and then work out how do you get to them, you know, through your already um, existing network. Yes. I think the other thing too is quite often women focus on the busy work. Um, in my experiences, it's not the busy work that's going to get you where you need to be. Um, so, I mean, I was somebody who would routinely get 6,000 emails a month. That's busy work for me. Yeah. Um, it doesn't actually get my goals done. That's just a lot of reading. So I pre-built um, rules. Um, if, you know, my rule at work was if I get something on a CC, it goes into an email box and I don't even see it. Mm. Um, it, it, that's just busy work and, and part of it's ego based um, as to why people use things like CC. Mm -hmm. Take that time that you would normally spend reading all of those things and actually go out for coffee. Um, coffees are a great way um, for me to meet people, have a, 
um, you know, one-on-one -on -one conversation. I can get to know them. We can move barriers down really, really quickly. Um, you can also tell a lot um, about people by what they actually order or how they can sit. You know, if their if their legs move really, really quickly, or they're, you know, that is it that they've got a lot of anxiousness and you need to help calm them down a little to be able to have a conversation. Mm -hmm. um, it's about reading people and learning those skills about how to read people. Yes. And I think it's determine how much time every week that you're willing to put to networking. Mm -hmm. It's really important to have that goal. I had one woman I mentored, she put a $20 note in her phone case and that was her budget for coffees for the week. Yeah. And I, I do whatever works well for you um, is my sort of mantra, I suppose. Find the best way to do networking. If you prefer to work a room, work a room. My energy, whilst I can work a room, um, I'm actually more of an introvert networker because I'm constantly on on, on you know, running all the time as far as my brain. And so I lose a lot of energy when I'm actually doing that. So mm. if you prefer one-on-ones, do it that way. Just work out what's most comfortable for you and what's going to get you the results and then yeah. go there. Yeah, I love I that. It's, it's the intention, yeah. isn't it? Otherwise, if, if we just expect anything, it's like anything, isn't it? When we just hope that it will happen, it doesn't. And I love the no. way that you said, you know, have a strategy behind that. And we're certainly going to dive in a little bit deeper into that because what I have found that women either um, fall into two camps, and I've been there myself, where they go, right, I'm going to go networking, going to have coffee meetings and so forth, but there's no strategy around that. So it's great conversations. Mm -hmm. You made great friendships, which is great. It's, it's very important. But it never really goes to the next level because we may be afraid to ask. We don't know how to ask or approach them. Mm. But one of the things that you wanted to talk a bit more about was around how to achieve the business and personal goals through identifying and gaining assistance from influencers within the network. So if we are establishing, we've got a strategy on, on that fits that fits with us and, and our style, we are regularly meeting people and we're starting to recognize, okay, well, some of these people are influencers. They've got a, a whole lot of my ideal clients and so forth within their network, what's the next step? How do we go by gaining their assistance? So the first thing I would say is um, you need to ask for what you want. It, it, look, I'm really good at reading between the lines, but I have to say I have not yet got that skill set of reading other people's minds. I think sometimes <laughs> I do, but I don't. Um, and I think that's something that we forget every time. Um, is that if you're not actually asking for something, how can you expect somebody to read your mind and then just give you what you're looking for? Um, so be upfront with people, tell them what you want. And I think you have to sort of do it on a regular basis too. We're all really, really busy. And you know, you might go and meet somebody and have a chat with them, but in the meantime, since you've seen them in three months, you know, something might have happened in their life, their, their job might have changed, they might be really, really stressed. So it's about how to keep that message happening consistently. Mm -hmm. But it's also about asking well, what can you do for them? And, you know, quite often, I try and finish or at least at partway through a coffee conversation with somebody, I always say to them, well, how can I help you? What can I do for you um, to assist you in your goals? Yes. So it's, it's a two-way street at the end of the day, but I think those are the things people just need to remember. And it is a mindset change mm. to be able to actually get confident and comfortable in asking for help is, yeah. is something we all have to overcome because most of us are, 
you know, we don't want to seem weak. Mm -hmm. It's not asking for assistance is not being weak. You won't be undermined. You know, if you ask the right people, they're more than willing to give a lot of their time, energy and connections. Yes. Great, great feedback there. Now, often in the situation where we say, and you've just modeled that so beautifully for us, what is there that I can do for you? That will often be reciprocated. And if we haven't, again, thought of that beforehand, what's our strategy? What are some ways that we can seek support when we're asked? What do you find, and maybe this is something that you do quite regularly, what are some of the things that you mention? Because I remember many years ago working in the career industry when we said to people, when you go out and have networking meetings, you're not going out and saying, do you know someone who's got a job? Because instantly people are going to say, look, that's, you know, it's too overwhelming. But, oh, yes, I'm looking to connect with people in this in this industry and if you know anyone I would love to for the introduction so people will start to think do I know anyone in that industry if they go to networking events it's easy it's a smaller step what would you say mm. when it comes to networking like, oh I need clients in that area I mean that is just too overwhelming for anyone but so what are some of the things that you've done that works really well all right so the first thing that I probably do is um, you look at you know sit down and as part of your strategic planning work out whether your network is balanced. So uh, unfortunately, LinkedIn doesn't show this anymore, but it used to be able to show you in three quadrants and it used to be able to show you, um, you know, a hierarchy perspective of your connections, geographical location and industry. Mm. If you don't have a balance across all three, um, because people are looking for different types of things all the time. So one of the things I try to do is identify um, a broad spectrum of industries. Um, I want people that are in lower level positions all the way through to executive and business decision makers because I don't know what somebody might ask me. Mm. Um, you know, also geographical location, business in heels is global and I've worked globally. So I have a really great um, network across multiple countries and, and I utilise that when people come to me and ask me for assistance. So I think that's step one is to be able to say, well, you know, what have I got? And a really great example is, um, and I've, I've, this is a real life one, is I had a person sitting in front of me going, I'm a graphic designer, I want to leave and start my own business. And when we actually looked at her network strategically, what we found was the only people that she knew in her LinkedIn connections were graphic designers or people in the graphic industry mm -hmm. environment or you know, they're not going to help her bring clients in the door. So you need that balance. You need a real diversity. Um, and when when I sort of showed that through to her, she sort of went, oh, I think I'll stay where I am for the moment while I take the time to build that diversity. Yes. Um, so I think that's a really good start is to sort of say, well, what is my network made up of? And what's next? Mm. What do I have to do? And go out there and say, well, have I got diversity in my industry groups? Have I got diversity in position roles? Mm. You know, do I know people who are decision makers? Do I know vendor managers? Do I know, um, you know, marketing managers? You need a real diversity. And then if you're working in, and we're all working more virtually, geographical locations, if you can build that up over time, I think that helps. Yeah, 
fabulous. And and with um, what you're explaining, it shows me or tells me that we really do need also to have a system where we can monitor, track, keep notes, because otherwise it becomes so overwhelming, particularly if you're regularly meeting with people. You mentioned LinkedIn, great, great platform. Are there other pieces of technology that you now use, you know, use in order to monitor track so that you can keep hold of conversations, make notes as you're meeting people? Yeah. my I suppose my biggest thing is I actually write notes when I'm having a conversation with people. I am a talker. <laughs> it's well known. I talk a lot. Um, and I had a mentor once say to me, you know, if you can talk less and take notes, that actually refocuses the brain. Um, so I actually do that and I, I write notes and what it also does is it reinforces in the back of my brain um, and puts it into my subconscious that, oh, this person's looking for this, this and this. Now, sometimes I ha I've just had a coffee meeting with somebody and funnily enough, I've actually automatically identified somebody I want to connect this woman with yeah. um, and and that's pretty quick but then I also make notes so you can use tools such as um, Microsoft um, contacts mm -hmm. um, there's a big blank box in there if you go into the contact section and after you put their name and their phone number and their email address in there there's a big blank spot put in after you've had a conversation um, what it is that they're looking for so that when you go to meet with them again or maybe you're trawling for something, um, you can look through all of your contacts. You don't have to have an expensive CRM process um, or system or software um, to be able to do that. Create a spreadsheet. Spreadsheets mm. are great. You can look at data different ways. Um, you can also export from um, the majority of email systems which have got most of our contacts in them um, try and keep a centralized environment and i also think the other important thing is to really agree with yourself how many hours a week you're going to dedicate to connecting mm -hmm. so whether that means physical connecting via a one-on-one -on -one coffee or going to an event whether it's a virtual coffee with people i do that a lot um, or even just sitting down and responding to um, LinkedIn connections. I always write back a personal note um, and my personal process is that, I, you know, I, I don't really want to connect with somebody unless I've actually met them because it's really hard for me to help that person if I don't actually know mm -hmm. what they're really wanting. So by so, sort of going back to them and saying, hey, thanks very much for your connection invite, but can we meet either virtually or one-on-one um, -on -one and I can get to know more about you. Um, but I think it also brings, it hones back to that thing when I do meet with people, I know more about who can I connect to with who. Yes. Um, so I, I've set a certain amount of time out of my week to say, hey, I'm going to dedicate time to all of my networking activities. Mm. When you so look think, at it, Oh, I love that. I mean, there's so, there's a million questions that I, I, I know people will want to, to have me ask you. So if you've got so many hours a week, I mean, obviously meeting new people and having conversations, it's a, it's a, such an important aspect of what should we should be doing. So do you have a, an allocated percentage of time that you can say, look, if you really want to start to, to build influential relationships that you can leverage, that you can give to, obviously it's reciprocal, you really yep. do need to do this seriously and dedicate X amount of time. Yep. So I actually dedicate um, Tuesday and Thursday to coming into the CBD um, and that's so I can physically have conversations with people and I've I, you know everybody knows that I hang out at the Grand Hyatt because 
I like them and, and it's also, a, it's a, I've found a place where it um, works for me, mm. um, where it's not, you know, cafes are great, but they're a little bit noisy. So I've just found a place like this is um, a little bit easier for me and it's it's more conducive to having a conversation, especially with women, because it's just a nice environment. Yes. Um, but I think that's the first thing is work out where you're going to do them um, and, you know, dedicate, you know, whether it's, you know, eight hours across the entire, you know, week. For me, it's two whole days because this is what I do. Yeah. Um, so I have to have enough um, sort of time. Um, and I use tools like Calendly, um, you know, so I can send out um, a link to people when I, you know, whether they connect through to me and I say, well, you know, it gives them the ability to select the time and the yes. date when they want to meet with me. Mm. Um, so it's just using the tools that are available. And, and yeah, and for me, it's, you know, it's 16 hours a week and that's a lot. Yeah. Um, but good super connectors, that's what they're doing. They're spending that time um, to just spend with people. Yeah. And how long do you allocate, you know, on average, a, a coffee meeting? Half an hour, mm. if it's um, just a new person, I think you can you can do that well. Um, for something where we're actually getting into a bit of mentoring, or if the person's got specific issues or concerns or questions that they want to ask, then you know it'll be a, an hour. But mm. I'm I'm sort of guided by their needs a little bit. But if it's just an introduction, I, I think half an hour is good. Um, I think you can get enough. Um, information back and forth between two people yes. but I also think it, it just is respectful of other people's time um, mm. we're just so busy these days um, or we think we're busy um, so it's about just being respectful of um, what else might be on their diary for the day yeah such a, it's a key point to, to make mention of so you mentioned you know obviously having a strategy um, having a, a an audit if you will of our connections and our network to ensure that it is diverse so then if someone comes back to us, one of the things could be, look, I'm really looking to expand my network um, for these kind of people in that particular industry. So that's a really, that's very, you know, specific. It enables that person to keep their eyes and ears open. One of the things that I know many of the Business and Heal members were looking for opportunities to speak. So maybe they're very clear on, you know, who they want to speak to, but, and say that was an area that they're looking for, any opportunities to speak, to share their, their message. So could that be an example that they would say, look, I'm always looking for opportunities to speak, this, that, and the other. That would be yeah. something. What other things do you say that um, you can ask someone if you're reciprocating, obviously, with providing value? What are some other things that work well? Um, just, uh, you know, um, I'm looking for a new role. Um, I'm looking for a promotion. Mm. Um, I'm looking for a mentor. Um, it, it could be um, industry-specific knowledge. You know, how do I go about doing something? Or I've got a particular issue in my current role and I need um, somebody who is independent of my organisation that perhaps um, can assist us mm. in being able to, um, you know, sort of take you through that, whatever that situational um, sort of problem might be. Because yes. um, sometimes we do need somebody who's a little bit away from our organisation to be able to sort of tear something apart and work out how do we, you know, go forward. It could be strategizing a new business. Maybe you want mm. to um, start up a business or perhaps it's a new product or service and you want to get some experience, um, 
you know, from somebody else who may have been there. You know, it, it, perhaps it's about, um, I don't want to make the same mistakes. What mistakes have you, you know, made and what did you learn from it? Mm. People can give you amazing insights into their lives, their experiences. It, it's a matter of just asking, yes. you know, prepare the questions beforehand, um, you know, go through um, what do I think I could get? You know, especially if the person's a little bit higher up, um, or and and you know that they're more senior and they're very busy. So prepare and and again be respectful at that time, and maybe even send the questions to them in advance so that they can take the time out to have a bit of a think about that. Sometimes you can put people on the spot, especially if it's questions around. Um, you know, you you started this business. Um, I, I'm thinking of moving into something similar. Um, you know, give them time to think through that and and reflection time because mm -hmm. um, quite often we don't do any reflection um, or we don't have that emotional intelligence process happening um, to take us through, well, what are those learnings that I've learned from situations? Yeah, fantastic. Now, we've already just um, spoken about, you know, having that strategic influence networking communication plan. We're nearly coming to the end of the interview. And so what are some other things when we're thinking about this plan that you think these are crucial aspects to have as part of that so that you can track and monitor and ensure it's something that you continue to do? For instance, communication, is that something, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, can continuing to keep in touch with them, obviously not too regularly because then you become a bit of a pain, but in a way that can do so strategically so that you are always giving and providing value to your network. So what that might that look like? Well, with me, with a connection plan and, a, you know, and that communication plan, that whole strategic process that I go through is that obviously I determine what type of communication um, methods or media I'm going to use. Um, one of the things that you can do is build a bit of a quadrant to say, well, what are you going to use when it's high touch um, versus low touch? Um, versus high time or low time. So, you know, you, if you look at the basics, we're talking one-on-one -on -one meetings, so coffee, lunches, you know, events, they're all high touch and they're also high time. So there will be people that will move in and out of your networking strategy where you want to um, apply you know, going for a lunch with them because it might be that you need to take a lot more time to get the information, build the relationship. Whereas it could be that you've got others that you just need to touch base with every so often. So that might be a lower touch or less time. And it could be um, where people use things like newsletters or perhaps you'll post something on Facebook or you'll see um, an article and you might post it across your entire LinkedIn group or maybe you'll send it as a PM to particular people. I have a woman who... Um, I regularly, if I see something internationally around a particular subject, I actually send her the link of that media mm -hmm. um, or that um, article. You know, so it's really nice, you know, when somebody sort of sends you a little message and there might be a link on it and, you know, you might say, hey, I saw this, I read it through it and I thought you might find it fascinating or, you know, see paragraph three. Um, what, what are your thoughts on this one? Um, so there's different ways that you can do that and, and I visualise it out. So I have a, like a little chart and then I work through um, and then I can build out my plan um, mm. for each person. And, and I think doing it on paper or in a document is the 
first way to start doing it so that you get used to it and you mm -hmm. build that into um, a process. And then once you've got the hang of it, you can sort of work it out to say, well, oh, okay, you know, this person, I'll just quickly, you know, send them an email or, you know, this person I'm, I'm doing this with. Another really good thing to do is get in the habit of when you're finishing up a meeting is say, perhaps we should put something in the diary for another three months or, hey, I, was, I really love this conversation. Um, can we pick it up again um, in two weeks' time? Mm. Um, because I, I want to go away and do something and then come back and have a conversation around that. Yes. So there's a couple of different methodologies that you can utilise. Mm, yeah, fantastic. Um, look, I've absolutely loved speaking with you today. It's been such a wealth and depth of knowledge. I knew it would be. Uh, so for people who are listening and they recognise, you know what, Kristen, after speaking or hearing you speak today, I can see that I really don't have that strategic influence networking and communication plan, one that's really going to enable me to build some solid relationships relationships how can they find out more about you how best can they connect with you so um, probably what they can do is reach out to me via LinkedIn and send me a personal message I think that's the best way so um, you can find me on LinkedIn um, obviously you can also email me at melbourne at businessinheels.com um, or reach out um, through our website, businessinheels.com, and um, one of our people can then put them in touch with me. Um, and I, I think they're the best ways to do that. And then I can have a conversation, firstly, probably a coffee or a virtual coffee, um, work out what um, they're looking for, and then I can give guidance and advice um, moving forward of what they actually need. Yeah, fantastic. Well, look, thanks once again for coming on the show and uh, you. sharing your expertise with us today. Thanks so much, Anne-Marie. I've loved it. And you have been listening to Business and Heels podcast, another fantastic show. And thank you for joining us again today. And remember to subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts or via one of the Google Play apps. And of course, come and see us over at www.businessinheels.com. <laughs>